0: One thing that was cool in the late 90s was um, I just had more fun going out. Not that I didn't always have fun going out, but I just I had started to get to know a lot of people and have some really good circles of friends. So one of the kind of legendary things that happened on Sunday afternoons was beer bust. So beer bust is this thing where... (laughs) <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's this thing where um, this bar called The Triangle at the time, they would have this Sunday afternoon kind of like happy hour, but with beer. So what you did was you paid $5. Um, our proceeds of that went to a charity. And then whoever the charity was, they were in charge of the beer bust. So you pay $5, you get a cup, like a solo cup, and... They fill it with beer. So while you're at the beer bus, it usually went from I think it went from four to eight, which is a lot of drinking. <laughs> but it went from like four to eight. And you just never know how much you drank because these guys who were represented the charity, they would go around and they would pour beer. So they would fill your beer as you drank the beer. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it attracted a lot of people it was always packed it was at this bar called the triangle which at the time was kind of notorious for being dark um you know sex drugs rock and roll the whole thing so i would go i went every sunday it was it's like church for gay people uh for gay guys in particular so i would go and this one time I go with, um, I think I went with a group of friends and, you know, I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but for gay guys, it's, it's kind of clicky. Everybody's in little groups and everything. It's, it's really funny, but it's also sociable and fun because you kind of go from group to group. Well, I remember, you know, I went in and I walked past this group of guys. I knew some of them, but there was a guy in the group that I I didn't know. He had a baseball cap on. A really cool beard and looked very like countryish, which you know that's my background so I just you know automatically I wanted to know who he was and somehow I guess I walked over and either I introduced myself or I started talking to other people and of course he noticed me we both noticed each other and um, his name was Fred and he was a school teacher And I just thought, how cool. And he was from Nebraska. And I just thought, well, you know, this is so cool. Like, here's this guy from Nebraska. Um, You know, he just seemed really cool. And so we ended up going out. And, you know, come to find out, he had just come out. He had a daughter. He had been married. And then he would moved to Denver to kind of explore himself. I mean, in a way, it kind of reminded me of when I first came out. I mean different of course but a little bit because he was coming out late so we just hit it off and started dating and it was really really fun i really liked fred he was such a good guy and he would do anything for me and uh, like i don't know if you guys remember but i was talking about the first guy that i kind of fell in love with i would write him letters and mixtapes and all that stuff well fred did that for me and he was just so encouraging and he lifted me up all the time you know he would if i had a hard trip he'd say you can do this baby you can do it and he would leave me notes when i traveled in my bags and then i'd find them when i got to my destination like all the kind of great stuff that you know you kind of do when you're a couple and i just thought he was so much fun and we would hang out with two other friends of mine that i played softball with and um you know that was steve and this guy tom and they were kind of a cool couple you know we'd go over there for dinner um you know one of the things i remember is i don't like lamb and uh tom was supposedly the chef and he would always try to make lamb for me in different ways to see if i'd like it i never liked it but Anyway, this is kind of a funny story. So one time we're over at their house one night. And it's kind of a group of us. We're just hanging out, drinking and, and eating and stuff. And when we're sitting in the kitchen. I noticed this light, this little round bulb, beside a door that went down into the basement. And sometimes when we'd come in, the light would be on, and sometimes it would be off. And I, like, I never could figure it out. I was like, what, you know, what the hell? So. I, so you know we're just I don't know what we're doing we're just hanging out getting drunk or whatever and they went like I think Steve and Tom went out to have a cigarette or something and so Fred and I are looking at this you know at this light I'm like what the fuck is that light and I was like maybe it has something to do with this door so we opened the door and it's a staircase going down to their basement and so we we're just like oh let's just check out their basement so we walked down to the basement and everything looked pretty normal it looked like a little shop set up all this stuff and then I'm like looking around, and I notice there's like a like a black fabric wall, and I'm like I touch it, and I was like, oh, you can go right through here. And so I kind of open up and look in, and there's like all this stuff, like leather stuff, um, like um, you know, um, across and. You know a, a thing to have you know these are all like stuff within the leather community i didn't know anything about it like i don't know domination stuff and all these sex toys and everything <laughs> and fred of course has no reference i don't have much of one so we're just like dying and we like go back upstairs because we didn't want to get caught you know so we come back up what we didn't realize is we'd let because we had gone down there we'd left that light on that little red light and so they they saw it and they're like did you go to the basement you know and we're like oh my god so they totally busted us and then they had to get out and explain how the whole thing worked but it was so funny it was just like it was it was really funny so that was just one of the i mean just kind of a funny thing that happened and you know, they admitted to that they were into all this kind of kinky stuff, which, you know, no shade there. I mean, I think everybody's entitled to do whatever they want to do as long as they're not hurting other people, and they weren't. So, and it was like, it was fun, you know, kind of exposing Fred to other stuff that he just wasn't aware of. So Fred, you know, being a school teacher, he he worked all year, and then during the summer, sometimes he'd do... Uh, tutoring and stuff like that. He'd go home to see his daughter in Nebraska. He's just a really nice guy. And, you know, I really liked him. But, you know, I have to be honest, at, at that point, I still just was having issues in kind of, you know, developing relationships and, and holding on to them. But we were together for a while, and it was nice. But, you know, we weren't, like, I, was, I wasn't ready to move in with him. Um, he wasn't ready to move in with me, but you know, he was really in love with me and I, I loved him, but a lot of stuff was going on. I was, you know, really immersing myself in this new job, which I was doing really well at and, you know, just, I just kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I fell out of love with him or what, um, but I did, And so it was really tough because I didn't want to let him go because I really loved him and he was so nice to me. But I also knew that it wasn't fair for me to hold on to him um, because, you know, it's just not right. You can't hold on to somebody, you know, just because you're scared to let go of them or because you're being selfish because it's just not right. And so, you know, I talked to him a few times about it and you know we had just I don't know we had kind of started to make this transition and you know I I still wanted to do stuff with my friends and he would go along a lot of times he would go along with it and I could tell he just wasn't into it he was I could tell he was either bored or he just wasn't into it and I I didn't want to make him unhappy and I, I felt like that's what I was doing so you know, we went through like, a, you know, a, a few more months and we really had fun doing stuff. I took him home and introduced him to my family, which is a big deal. Um, and I just figured, you know, I'm like, I'm going to try to make this work. But on the other hand, I have like, you know, one voice saying I got to make this work and another voice saying you should let him go. So it ended up in this, unfortunately, you know, not a great situation where... I had met somebody and ended up um, i i didn't I didn't sleep with them, but I ended up like seeing them and so but you know, I was probably going to I just I, you know, I still cared about Fred. so you know, I had this really awkward thing happen where this guy he lived up in the mountains and he came down into the city. And um, he stopped by my house really unexpectedly to see me. And while he was there, Fred showed up at my house. And Fred was, you know, who is this guy? And I didn't even, I was, it was so awkward and he could tell something was up. And he was so mad. He left, went home. And of course I had to go over and talk to him. And oh my God, I felt, you know, I felt like such a piece of shit because I had let him down and it really hurt him you know like with the first guy that i fell in love with clark um i could see him feeling that same kind of pain and it just killed me and really at no point did i think well you know you have to you know this is just part of life and you have to you know learn and everything because i'd already learned it i didn't think that at any point for him i just felt bad that i had failed him and I think it's one of the things I really struggled with as far as trying to have, you know, successful relationships is I, I just didn't want to let people down. But then inevitably, I would almost like commit suicide of the relationship. It was so weird. So it was another thing, another moment. So we did, we did break up. I should add that. We did bre- I did break up with them and I, and I told them, I said, you know, I'm doing this because I have to do what's right for you and he didn't take it that way he was really upset eventually we talked it out um, and later you know we we were you know pretty good friends and he met somebody else and got married and was very happy which was cool but you know I went back and talked to a therapist again I'm like why can't I make these relationships work out like why you know what is this and usually with therapy what was pretty good was she would tell me you know you're still working on yourself and If you think that you can fix yourself in, you know, a set time, you just can't. It's just going to happen when it happens. So I just had to work harder, and I did. So now that Fred and I had broken up, um, I was single again and I actually ended up not dating the guy that I kind of got busted with (laughs) it's kind of ironic Uh, at this point I was living with Craig who is just somebody that was huge in my life in the 90s I just loved him to death he was such a great guy but he was spiraling you know this is weird it was the end of the 90s and the beginning of 2000 just all this stuff was happening but he was kind of spiraling He had gotten involved in the party dance circuit scene, staying up all night, you know, doing party drugs, all this kind of stuff, still maintaining his job and stuff, but eventually it it kind of fell apart. And I remember one night, um, you know, they repossessed his car and that was kind of like the end. And so the guy he was dating at the time, who was just a sweet guy, another Nebraska guy, Um, He told him, he's like, you know, we need to move to Seattle and you need to dry out or, you know, get some help or something and we can live with my dad until we get, you know, jobs and everything. And that's exactly what he did. Um, They decided to move. And I'll never forget, you know, him getting his stuff together, loading up a U-Haul and with all of his stuff. And i just i didn't want him to go because i loved him but i knew that you know i knew that he had to go too, to to kind of get his shit together so it was really funny he left me a plant a jade plant that <laughs> uh, he had gotten it as a gift when he had started some job he was really horrible with plants so i had done really well with this plant. he's just like you can keep jade and i was like oh my god thank you and So he left the plant, which I still have today. And it's just, it's this huge jade tree, huge. And what's happened is clippings from it are all over the country. Um, Later, you know, years later, Craig would pass away. He, um, He, unfortunately he suffered cardiac arrest and he was in good shape. You know, he really was, but went into a coma, and I got a. You know, this was around October this one year. Uh, this is a few years ago, really. It wasn't that long ago, maybe six years ago. And so we, he went into a coma, and we flew up, um, two friends of mine and myself flew up to Seattle and saw him. You know, he was he was on life support and everything, and. His mom was there. His mom was just, I loved his mom, Um, one of his sisters. And we, as a family, you know, she treated us all like family. We made the decision to let him go. And, oh, my gosh, you know. Um, He became a a donor. He donated um, organs to people that saved their lives. And, like, one of the things about that was that I went in to see him you know, when I was like the last day I was there and I I was by myself, his mom and sister let me have some time with him and I was holding his hand and he looked great because like he'd just gotten a haircut. His color looked good, but it's all kind of a, you know, an illusion. So I'm talking to him about stories about the past and things that had happened in our lives, you know, as we had kind of done all this stuff together (laughs) and, um, while I'm talking to him you know I just said I remember that time and I said this story and it was kind of like a punchline in it because we were someplace and a water a water main broke and water went everywhere it was just crazy and um when I said like the like that part of it he like squeezed my hand and um I just you know I was like oh my god and he kind of shook a little bit and you know, I just freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god!" And you know, I just, like squeezed his hand back. And you know, this made like some of the monitors go off. So the nurse came in, and she said, "You know, I'm crying at this point." And she put her hand on me, and she goes, "It's okay." She goes, "You know, um, sometimes what happens is the the brain is telling the body to do something, but there's a disconnect, and so they do that. Sometimes they have little seizures and and, and shake and everything." and I was like, oh, my God, I thought, like, he heard me, and, you know, that's why he um, squeezed my hand. But, um, you know, she said, she goes, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it was. She goes, I don't, you know, we don't know with these guys. We don't know. But, like, in a way, I kind of feel like it was him. But, anyway, I, I, um, I said goodbye to him. And his, um, his mom and sister came back in, and I hugged them and then um the next morning um you know we let him go and he passed peacefully and his organs went to help several people including someone we knew it was just the greatest gift he could have ever given but you know that was the story of craig probably a whole nother chapter on that but that was the story of craig Now that Craig had moved and gone to Seattle, and uh, sorry I went down this whole road of what ended up happening with his life, there's so much in between that that I didn't talk about, but I will someday. Uh, good things, really good things. So he was gone. Uh, we still kept in touch, of course, because we are always going to be friends. I had another roommate move in, this guy Randy. Sorry to throw another person in there. Randy looked like a Ken doll. And he was fine, I mean he was he was a pretty good roommate until he you know he wasn't, <laughs> and so you know it's just one of those things, like so it's the end of the nineties, um I think about like my mom and bill they were still in Oregon, but soon they would go back to New Hampshire uh, and you know i it was something I was thinking about the other day is like. I wish that I had lived closer to them always because I absolutely adored my stepdad and of course I love my mom, but that just wasn't my path. And my path was, you know, I had come up with a plan when I was pretty young to get out of New Hampshire. Some of that was because of the abuse that I was going through. Some of it was because I just knew that I had a different path. Probably a lot of that has to do with being gay and realizing you have to get out. So I thought about this the other day, and I remember a specific incident in which I knew I was gonna get out. It like propelled me to get out. So I was in a class, an algebra class, and I had this teacher, his name was uh, Scovern or something like that. And he, my brother had had him, and my brother was of course, you know, an incredible student. So I took algebra. And I didn't know algebra. I couldn't figure it out. So he wrote some equation up on the board and he asked me to come up and solve it. He's like, Stevens, come up here and, and solve this. I go up. I had no idea what it was. I just looked at the numbers. It was like four, three, you know, and then some symbol and then a one or something. And I'm like, seven (laughs) and or eight or something whatever so he's like you know why how'd you come up with that number and i go i don't know i just thought that's what it was and he can't he shook his head at me and he's like wow he was he's like how can you be that stupid And I just looked at him. You know, I was horrified. He said this in front of the class. And I was like, I just, I don't know. I don't understand. And he's like, you know, your brother was an incredible student. How could you be related to your brother when you can't even figure out these things? I was absolutely mortified. And so I walked out of the class, went to the guidance counselor's office. I don't even remember what they did. Like, I don't think I received a lot of counseling or anything. somehow I told them I'm like I'm not going back into that class I will not go back into that class so they put me in another like a math class with this guy uh, mr. drinkwater so he was this kind of like new edgy kind of teacher he just did different stuff so in his class there was like some I again I had some issue I had to solve and I didn't get it right but I almost got it right and he said to me He took me aside and he goes, you know, this is how this works. He goes, so what, he goes, look, he goes, you're smart. He goes, you're just not applying yourself. And I, and I, I'd heard that before, you know, and I I was like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I'm trying and he's like, it's okay. He goes, but he goes, the reason I'm telling you this is because he goes, I don't want you to end up living in Fremont or Seabrook. These were these little towns. He's like living in a purple trailer with a pregnant wife, three kids, barefoot, you know, living on Alpo dog food and tuna fish, you know, for the rest of your life. And it ends up being some crappy life. He's like, I don't want that for you. He goes, you're better than that. He goes, you can do better than that. And, you know, it worked because just the thought of that, of like, I could just see living in this trailer park or living this trailer out in the woods and not having anything. And, you know, I just, I remember that really struck me as thinking to myself, I don't want to end up like that. Like, I don't want that to be me. And I really think that was one of the things that propelled me to get out. Now, you know, as you've probably heard listening to this podcast, um, you know, certainly I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go out and make a million dollars or, you know, something like that, but I did learn to survive. But, you know, that teacher in, I think it was ninth grade, he actually propelled me to think of a plan to get out, and it worked. I mean, it was one of many things, but it totally worked. So as hard as that was to hear and as shitty as it was for that first teacher to, you know, to treat me like that, it all ended up being a big lesson. You know, it it ended up working in my favor. So you never know where those things are going to come from.